You're listening to Life's Tricky, Stay in Your Magic, a production of Cause Marketing NYC. Here's your host, Jan Ritchie. Thank you, everyone, for joining us. We're recording this week's episode of Life's Tricky, Stay in Your Magic podcast, which is an extension of our Cause Marketing Summit and Cause Marketing brand. Um, Today, we have a really fun guest who has just so much interesting stuff to share. Her name is Lisa Burke, and she is a culture coach for Energage by day, and in general, she's a corporate goddess. So (laughs) welcome to the show, Lisa, and thank you for being here. Mm, Thank you, Jen. Thanks for having me. I appreciate that. Awesome. Well, so for those of you who didn't attend this year's Cause Marketing Summit, Lisa was there to talk about creating a better culture um, among your uh, employees. And she, they do this, so she measures culture. And one thing that, you know, when you say Lisa measures culture or at Energage they measure culture, some people might think, well, what? How? Is that possible? <laughs> um, so if you could tell us a little bit about what it is that you do um, and how you're able to measure culture at your company. Absolutely. Thanks for asking. Um, so I have worked with Energage, which has been in business for about 13 years, and I was here as employee number 12. So I've kind of been in on the ground floor, and it's interesting that we are in this kind of HR space where people are trying to figure out how to get employees engaged, how to really move the needle at an organization. And when we started that many years ago, um, it was kind of a sleepy business, if you will, and now it is booming. Um, So it's something, first of all, that people are really interested in. So it gained popularity. Um, And why is that? Because organizations are recognizing something that we've learned through our research, which is that really there is a final sustaining competitive advantage, and that's your culture. Um, You can create an organization that makes widgets. You may make an innovative widget, and in two weeks, someone else is going to copy that. So you'll be on the cutting edge for a moment, but it's not something that's sustainable. But creating a place that people want to come to work and make a difference, that, those are the things that really make a difference and make the organization be someplace that people want to come. So it really attracts your top talent and retains your top talent. Absolutely. It's such a huge part of your life spent mm. working. So if you're going to work and you're not engaged and you're, I think what that was one of the more fascinating bits of information you had shared was, um, and if you could, I don't remember the exact percentage of employees who aren't engaged and who are searching for outside opportunities. That's right. So that number is about 31%. Which feels, yeah, when I share that with lots of organizations, they look a little discouraged. And I give them an example, say, you know, think about going through the drive-thru, you pick up that cup of coffee, two-thirds of those employees are thinking about a better job or something that's going on at home. Mm -hmm. So trying to get that engagement to improve, sometimes people think is about, well, let's get a barista or offer massages. Those things are lovely. I'm not saying don't do them, but I'm Mm -hmm. not saying that it really moves the needle. The things that move the needle are helping people, for instance, believe in the direction the organization is going in. And that doesn't mean that, so for instance, you can have an organization that has a really great purpose, 
But if the employee doesn't understand how they can affect that purpose, that is where I often see the gap. So the way that we figure this out is through surveys. Um, so we offer a kind of standard 24-statement survey. It takes an employee five minutes to take. And we're able to glean a ton of insight about organizations just based on that tool. That's incredible. Yeah. Um, what are some of the things that, what are some of the findings that have surprised you in the past? Where there, I, I know you can't obviously share what companies or organizations, but if there were some findings that were really um, not what you expected. Mm. So it's interesting because I. Uh, just for a quick example, we surveyed about 7,000 companies last year alone. And again, we've been doing this for a while. So we have a ton of interesting data points. And when people say, you know, so what do companies typically do? I tend to see the spectrum. I work with organizations who are really struggling and then organizations who are top workplaces. So if you go to topworkplaces.com, you can see the names of some of the organizations that we've worked with who we've recognized as really having outstanding cultures and doing things well. Mm-hmm. So even at those top organizations, there's always something to work on. Mm-hmm. Um, so it certainly varies by industry. I would say it um, often kind of surprises me when I hear leadership that is so focused on the numbers and seems to kind of forget that it's the people that help them get the numbers. Um, So need to keep their eye on the ball, certainly to keep the company in business, and then figure out how to then weave the culture and listening to humans as part of that. Yeah, it's definitely, it's not something that can easily change. But I think once you, you know, take the survey and ask the questions and you're really transparent um, you know, it's obviously possible to shift. Do you see, like, have you seen market shifts in some of the companies that you have worked with over the years, or does it take, you know, a long time to um, help shift the culture into being a more positive and productive workplace? Yeah, great question. I would say that, unfortunately, again, it varies. Yeah. Um, so there have been companies that we've worked with And when, so I'll give you the recipe for what really works. When I see it work well, what works is executive buy-in. So people at the very top really understanding a little bit more deeply about um, how to affect culture, how to improve engagement, how to listen to employees. And that doesn't mean the tail wagging the dog. It doesn't mean you have open office hours and, you know, spend half your day with people venting to you. Mm -hmm. They're really constructive, specific ways to do that. Um, So executive buy-in works, consistent, clear communication. So as often as possible, when um, an employee takes a survey, basically you've requested feedback. You need to close that feedback loop and share about here's what we're doing. We heard on the survey this theme around um, needing to improve the efficiency of our meetings. So we're taking these steps and every meeting now must have an agenda. So simple things like that. So Mm -hmm. closing the loop on that feedback, again, having the executive buy-in and working at it on a consistent basis and listening, again, to the feedback that says, has this moved the needle for you folks? Mm-hmm. And then they tell you whether or not it has. That's great. And that's one thing that, 
you know, I've, I think I've found frustrating at times as an employee is, you know, constantly being asked for feedback and then, you know, not necessarily seeing, and there may be movement, you, you know, you don't really necessarily get the, the feedback as to what transpired as a result of the feedback, but, um, right. but then it feels, it feels like a waste of time, you know, cause you're like, I'm not only did I waste my time filling this out, now nothing's happening, or if it is, I'm unaware of it. So That's exactly right. Yep. So take the action and then share with people that you took the action and the why. Yep. That's awesome. So I would like to just talk, a, I'm talking a lot, <laughs> but I'd like to talk a little bit about um, mindfulness and meditation and mm-hmm. its place in the workplace and how you are able to weave in um, some of those tools into your work. Yeah, thank you. Um, So obviously talking about meditation and mindfulness in senior executive ranks at organizations, sometimes they will look at you like you're a little crunchy granola woo-woo. Yeah. (laughs) So I tend to, I don't hide it, but I, there's a a slight bit of subterfuge. (laughs) And so the way that it really weaves together is when you think about, um, First, I'll explain the difference between employee satisfaction and employee engagement. So an employee satisfaction survey or something like that, not that they're bad, but they tend to be more focused on the one-way street of what is the employee getting. So in other words, how satisfied are they? Whereas engagement is more the two-way street. Not only what is the employee getting, but what are they giving back? And when we talk about engagement, it is a very personal thing. So the first thing we start with is, what can I do to help myself? And that is where meditation and mindfulness, which are two slightly different things, though, can really come into play and be helpful. I know that I've spoken with a number of senior leaders across different organizations who said, can you help me figure out how to hire for positivity and willingness? Hmm. And those are two things, right, that are really difficult to like, you can't necessarily give someone a test because, you know, lots of people hire and have a, have a, um, when they're interviewing, they have a certain persona and that may show up to be a little bit different once you've hired them. So I tend to focus more on, um, what can I do for me? So meditation is really giving yourself the moment to listen mindfulness is much more about being the observer and meditation can be part of mindfulness, but mindfulness is about being in the present moment and being aware of your breath, um, the emotions that are happening to you and being able to step away from the emotion, not to disavow it, not to suppress it, but to step away so that you can observe it. Mm-hmm. And then start thinking through the, like, is this helpful? Um, is this going to achieve what I need, et cetera, things like that. But it is tough to kind of to stop yourself in those moments and, and meditate, especially when you feel like, oh, my gosh, there's just not enough time to do everything. Why? How can yeah. I have time to pause? But when you do take that time, it really affords you the opportunity to think more about your strategy in terms of how you're going to move forward and, and to move forward in a more um, constructive way. Exactly right. 
Exactly right. And you can use the example of a boss gives you an assignment. Um, you may think about the pattern of behavior of that boss of giving you things very last minute and expecting them in the next minute. Even though that person hasn't said that to you, you may already be defensive. Your shoulders are up around your ears. You're clenching and preparing yourself to be defensive. So just okay, let me come back to the present moment. I'm not going to base my reaction right now out of the past patterns, Mm -hmm. but just be in this present moment and and be curious. Oh, interesting. So what is this project? Mm -hmm. Do you have a sense of what the deadline is? Right. Yeah, I can meet that or that's going to be a little difficult for me. Can we renegotiate? Yeah. Um, yeah. And hopefully you have a leader who's open to negotiation. (laughs) Because not all are. Yeah. (laughs) As we know. All of this comes from the top down, so getting people at the top understanding how important this is mm-hmm. and then allowing things to bubble up from, not the bottom, but from the employee base, that both of those together really combines to create the culture that you want to be in. Mm-hmm. So if you, if there are, because obviously the majority of folks listening will probably be in um in positions where they do have upper management or the C-suite to contend with. Is there any advice you have for people who may be struggling with a leader who is, um, you know, not as mindful or uh, doesn't mm. have as, have the listening skills that you so teach to help them, um, you know, steer their culture in the right direction? Is that possible or does it, must it come from the top? Um. Great question. Um, Have I seen it happen even when there is some leadership that tends to be a little stuck? I have. Oftentimes, those look like organizations that are owned by families. So things where there's stuff that, you know, is in place, the processes or whatever, that, well, this is the way we've always done it. So Mm -hmm. getting brave people to come forward and say, I have a new idea. What do you think of? And sometimes that needs to be chipped away a little bit at a time. Um, I would say that our survey, because I have the advantage of that tool around, that often is just the data that is pointing out that something isn't working here. Mm-hmm. Um, so the more you can get executive buy-in, the better. Um, but if and I that's... come back... Oh, I'm sorry, go ahead. Oh, no, go ahead. I was just going to say, and if I come back to the individual... I still would come back to take a moment and breathe and say, is this helping me? So, um, and it, you know, I know many people who struggle with anxiety. So sometimes they get worried and that makes this big kind of tornado of anxiety. Mm -hmm. One of the tools that they can use is to just breathe. First of all, if you um, inhale through your nose, it can help cool the hypothalamus which is a piece of your body that helps control and the stress response. So you can help inhibit your stress response by taking a breath in through your nose. So cool breath of air can help cool that hypothalamus. And saying, is this serving me? Mm-hmm. Now, it, again, it's totally a practice. It's the first time I did this. You know, I there were many voices in my head still kind of freaking out and going, of course it is. I'm the victim here, whatever it is. Yeah. So, but finding over time that when I can 
be more kind of neutral in this situation, other people receive me better than if I am all wired up. Right. Definitely. Well, that's a good question um, to ask you. You know, how do you, um, mm. we, the podcast is, is called Life's Tricky, Stay in Your Magic. And, mm-hmm. um, and we like to ask, obviously, all of our guests how they stay in their, their own personal magic or flow or um, happy place, if you will. Mm. How do I stay in my magic? How do I stay in my happy place? Um, I would say that I try not to focus on happy place just because that tends to be a more fleeting thing. Sure. Um, I tend to focus more on staying in my authenticity. So that can look like having a difficult conversation in a relationship that I'm struggling with, coworker, boss, you know, home mm-hmm. life, mm-hmm. whatever that is. So how do I do that? Again, that has been practiced over time. Um, breathing, meditation, trying to one of the other tricks I would say I kind of learned is play this movie to the end. How does this movie end? So trying to kind of fast forward in this movie of if I react this way, what's going to happen? Is that going to be a positive or negative thing net result in my life? Um, So those are a couple of the tools that I use. And that was really powerful what you said about playing the movie to the end because we don't do that. You know, you're so kind of in the moment that you don't really think it through. And that's a really great tool for folks to use, um, to kind of step away from, from what is happening. Another thing I really like that you said was not what kind of helps you stay in your happy place. Like the question I asked, but what help, but what helps you stay authentic. And I think that it's really important. And one thing I learned recently in attending a mental um, wellness event at Tao that Tao had put on with Epic Channel was that we're not chasing, we're chasing happiness and and gratification versus Mm. contentment. So there's a difference between being content and being at peace and but then they're, or being happy and stimulated and joyful, which I think we forget that those two things are different, that not every day is going to be happy and, um, and rainbows and sunshine and all of that fun stuff, but to be content and be fulfilled is, is something different. Absolutely. Great point. Um, so I would like to, um, get into a little bit of, obviously when you work in and you do things like what you do, it doesn't typically come from someone who has had all rainbows and sunshine in their lives. Um, It usually comes from a place or, and a lot of people are working in social impact because they've experienced something significant or, you know, a barrier or a setback or, you know, something major that happened in their life that caused, um, sort of a change of route. And so I'd love if you could share a time when you felt stuck or like you weren't um, your best self and sort of how mm. you how you got out of it. Thank you. Yeah. Um, I will say to that point that um, all of the broken places that have occurred in my life um, are the places where the grace has gotten through. And I feel like I'm able to help others even better because of those experiences. 
Now, going through it, if you had said those words to me, I'd be like, Jen, come on. You'd be like, <laughs> you know? screw off. I need help. Like, you're just describing the water right now. Okay, I'm drowning. <laughs> exactly. So if I could potentially be a voice from the other side, meaning having come through difficulty, um, I would love to try to be that voice for people. And so some of those more difficult things look like um, having had four miscarriages in the second trimester. Wow. Uh, so having, you know, buried, physically buried a child, which is very difficult to do. Oh. And yet when I talk about these things, it is amazing how many other people say, oh, that happened to me too. Um, really difficult to go through too, especially kind of in a workplace uh, which is what happened to me at the time was because you're so excited and you share with people that you're pregnant. And then when you lose a child, um, people just don't know what to say. And I totally understand it. I forgive. And again, totally understand that no one wants to say the wrong thing. Sure. Um, but so those times where you then feel a little ostracized um, because you don't know how to talk to you. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Another is um, having gone through addiction and uh, getting to the very bottom of the pit helped me recognize that I needed to uncover what was driving that. Healing through that looked like toehold, handhold out of a, again, very dark, deep pit. And the things that helped me with that for me were 12-step programs um, therapy for myself, um, therapy with my ex-husband because we were trying to figure out if we could keep the marriage together, which unfortunately mm -hmm. didn't happen. But we have both come out the other side of that, just much healthier people. And I believe that we raised four wonderful kids because of that too, because we were so very intentional about we need to be the best version of ourselves for them. Um, mm -hmm. but I also recognized that I needed to do it just for me. So, um, wow. those are a couple tricky times for me that it, did I stay in my magic every moment of that? Absolutely not. I don't know. I don't no believe that I, right, <laughs> I don't believe that I thought I had magic at that mm -hmm. time. So, yeah. yeah. I, um, I'm really sorry to hear about the babies mm -hmm. you lost. That's Thank so you. hard. Um, and one thing I will mention, and the thing that surprised me maybe, or actually, could you share what you would suggest if someone had, you know, a coworker, a friend, or a colleague, a family member who loses a baby and you know about it, um, you know, how would you have liked to be um, addressed or like what would be the best thing to do for someone going through that? For me, the nicest card that I got was from a coworker who said, you were the best mom. Oh, yeah. And that that really helped me. Um, I would say the words that you might want to think twice before using are everything happens for a reason. Oh, that's so. Yeah, no, it's it's tough. But but a lot of people say it because they're trying to console you, but they don't understand that the conversation I was having in my mind is, well, what reason you tell me the reason like I was pissed. It was like, wow. I'm a good person. I'm a good mom. How come I couldn't have this one? Right. Um, it, 
I think people are well intentioned. They just don't yeah. understand kind of how that how that hits you in like, that moment. You know, maybe years down the road, you'll you'll maybe start to clearly understand why that transpired and kind of how it may have contributed to who you are. But yeah. it's just not the kind of thing you always want to you want right. to hear when you're going through it. I mean, that's devastating. So I know you had mentioned um, a really inspirational person. Um, and I would like to, to share, you know, who in your life has inspired you and why? Mm, I think it relates I, to what we just talked about. <laughs> yes. So, um, I would say it was my mom. Uh, she passed a few years ago and her story arc was having grown up in a pretty dysfunctional, um, living situation, parents divorced when she was 10 years old. And this would have been in the 1940s. Mm. So not a very common thing. Um, And her dad didn't really want a relationship with her. Um, She ended up meeting this really wonderful guy, who is my dad, um, who also had been raised in a difficult family. His mother died when he was 12, and then he was raised by men. Not that there's anything wrong with that, but it's a little bit being raised by wolves when you don't have the influence of the feminine. And the two of them came together and said, you know what we're going to do? We're going to do things differently than we experienced. And so without having had role models or an understanding of how to do this, um, my mom used to read psychology books. She really kind of regretted not going to college, but um, she would delve deeply into this stuff. And together they really kind of figured this stuff out. Um, She is... She's definitely someone who is still around for me. Um, Yeah, and is, you know, I'm great with kind of talking with her and bouncing things off of her. Um, But, yeah, she was a a real inspiration and um, exhibited how to listen. Wow. Yeah. That's really cool. Um, Sorry, I got really emotional because you had mentioned that you... You know, you still bounce ideas off of her, and it's funny because I do that with my grandmother all the time, and it's good to hear that others do that. Um, So are there any um, sort of routines or or habits that help you stay productive? I know you mentioned meditation Mm. and trying to stay balanced. I know you you just mentioned some really, really heavy things that you've been through while working. Um, Is there anything that kind of helped you stay on point and, um, and not lose track of, of what you were focused on? Yeah. I would say, honestly, one of the biggest helps in my life was around that time, um, actually Casey, our mutual friend, and I, along with a few other women, once a week would get on the phone for an hour. One of us would lead a guided meditation, and then we'd just kind of share about how our week was. Oh, that's um, awesome. It was amazing just really helpful in, in keeping kind of centered, certainly gave you perspective comparing what you were going through with what other people are going through. Wow. Um, and for all of us, just kind of being there to support each other, hold space and listen. Mm-hmm. And uh, that was a huge thing for me. That's one thing I think I, I feel so lucky and blessed to have our really powerful, amazing women and girlfriends in my life. And I, I can't say enough about what that's done 
for me, for my mental health, for my sanity, for, you know, they're my, my saviors almost, you know, and mm-hmm. I, I think we had mentioned, I'm, I'm not sure if we crossed paths at any of them, but, um, Casey, when she lived in Queens used to have monthly moon gatherings and they weren't always monthly, but, um, they were so much fun just to connect with the women there and feel their energy and, um, and feel feel empowered by them. Cause I think oftentimes, you know, as women are, are not generally known for lifting each other up, especially in the workplace and, um, and just being around that, that energy and that positivity, uh, was so powerful. Yeah, absolutely. I agree. Um, it's interesting because I had an, an older woman who I would physically go to some guided meditation groups of women. And at one point I said, I'm going to take off early. And she said, where are you going? And I said, Oh, I have a date. And she was like, that's not where you're going to be fed. Oh, you gotta, you gotta gather with the women. Oh. And I was like, Oh yeah. Um, wow. it, yeah, it took a minute for like I was a little taken aback and kind of pissed off at her. At, actually, at the moment, <laughs> you're like, "No, I'm getting dinner." What do you mean? <laughs> right, right, right. And and you know, for me at the time, well, dating someone looks like I am looking for someone to provide me security. I'm not that anymore. But that's where I, you know, no judgment. That's where I was at that moment. Mm-hmm. And I was thinking like, well, none of these women are going to provide that for me. But just, again, kind of turn the Rubik's Cube. I often suggest to people what you need is something either external or somehow internally shifting that Rubik's Cube to give you a a different perspective. And I have learned over the years that women, quality women who kind of learn how to be more self-aware and supportive are immeasurably helpful. Absolutely. Absolutely. So we talked about so much today. Um, thank you for being here. I want to make sure you have a chance just to say, you know, is there anything you'd like to talk about that you have coming up or um, ways people can find you or hear more from Lisa Burke? Thanks. Yeah. So if you go to Energage, E-N-E-R-G-A-G-E dot com, um, I am in the professional services area. So happy to help you have a conversation, bounce ideas. None of that costs money. Um, I also do executive coaching. So I tend to focus on the C-suite, so the kind of upper levels of an organization um, to help people find their blind spot, um, but really to offer perspective and objectivity. Um, So I'm really excited about that next um, additional chapter of my life. So executive oh, right. coaching is kind of my big thing. Yeah. You just got certified. Is that right? I did. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yes. Even though I've been doing it for years. Uh-huh. <laughs> it's one of those things where I was like, I want some letters after my name. So right. Let's make that. this official. So, yeah. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> That's awesome. Well, thank you so much. Um, you gave me a great idea. I think I'm going to have, I must have Casey on. Maybe she can yeah. do a little, a little guided meditation because we talk about her vision quest all the time and we haven't heard from her at the summit cause she's off in Oregon and, um, being amazing. So I'll have to invite her. That'd be great. Yeah. And so please stay in touch and, um, keep doing the amazing work you're doing. And thank you for being on the podcast. And as a part of our sort of ending, um, 
would you share your, I know you have two quotes, but if you could share your quotes that you live by. Yes, I will. Um, So one of them is divine order prevails in all that I do and in all who surround me. So I actually have that taped on my monitor just to be a reminder that even if it's something difficult, there is something in the divine order about that. And the other is that um, this is my own personal kind of mission statement, which is I love who I am, I love what I do, and I love how I do it. So for me, those are really um, goals. It's a place I really love to be. Not yeah. perfect at it, and that's okay because I'm um, having a human experience. <laughs> right. So, but that's the goal. So, yeah. Oh, that's wonderful. Well, thank you so much. Thank you for sharing. Thank you, um, And hopefully maybe we can have you back on in a, in a little while and see and check in and see how you're doing. Would love that. Thank you so much. I really appreciate it. All right. Have a great day. And um, till next time, stay in your magic. This is a production of Cause Marketing NYC. Hear from experts in the social impact space to learn how they stay in their magic and work to achieve their missions through collective impact. We all know that life's tricky. Visit our website at lifestrickystayinyourmagic.com to find tools you can use to help achieve your mission. I'm Lisa Burke, and you're listening to Life's Tricky, Stay in Your Magic. Okay, now you need to host a podcast because you have a great radio voice. (laughs) (laughs) You kind of sound like um, Delilah a little bit. It's so funny. I love her. You do? But I love her. Yes. I love Delilah. She's, it's like, <laughs> who can even go on a long car ride without her? <laughs> Delilah. Delilah. Oh my gosh. <laughs>